the first major point that I want to touch upon that's mentioned within within the juz. And again, these are just very broad overviews, very general reminders, not exhaustive whatsoever. That would literally be impossible to try to summarize, you know, everything contained in a juz in 10-15 minutes or so. But these are just a few stars in the sky in the juz to, to simply reflect upon for myself first and foremost and to appreciate and to add a little bit more flavor for whenever we connect with this juz, not just now in Ramadan, but hopefully even even afterwards, the first point that I want to touch upon is that Allah mentions people, Allah mentions those who are allied with shaitan. So when we, again, I keep going back to this concept, when we come across these types of ayat, the easy part is to point the finger externally and to look at others. And as we all know, there are definitely going to be some people who we even see now in the world these days, who these types of ayat seem to be very clearly applicable to them. But the main point for me, for us, when we come across these ayat, is to take a step back and to reflect, am I following in the footsteps of these people knowingly or unknowingly, or am I going in the right direction? And there's a lot more to our internal situation than simply thinking to ourselves, that, of course, you know, I'm definitely going to end up in a good situation. I have nothing to worry about. I don't have to put in any work for anything. I can be complacent. I don't have to put in any work, any effort for the sake of Allah. That type of approach is a very dangerous one, and that's one that needs to be left to the side. A, respons- a, a responsible approach, for me as a Muslim, when coming across these types of ayat, is to take a step back and to sincerely monitor my internal state. You know how we run virus scans, right, on our computers? Our hearts are far more valuable than any computer in the world. The Prophet taught us, that if your heart is good, everything is good. And if your heart is messed up, everything is messed up. It all goes back to the heart. So step one when coming across these ayat is not to necessarily think that there's this corrupt leader in the world, which there are, there's this corrupt, you know, this, that, or the other, which there are. No one is saying otherwise. But if I'm no different within myself, if I'm no different within my home, within my community, within my masjid, within my workplace, within my school, within X, Y, or Z, then in reality, what's the difference between me and them other than a span of time? What's the difference between me and them other than a span of time? It's easy for me to think to myself that, of course, I I would never fall into this category. And we hope that's the truth. And we hope that is our reality with Allah Azza wa Jal. But there has to be a constant running of that virus scan. In the background, but also consciously, to really really reflect and to think, how, how am I doing in this regard? internally to run that virus scan and to think how how am i doing in this regard because if somebody thinks of themselves that they're super muslim and that they're this amazing mu'min this amazing believer but just as a brief example if they have the literally the satanic illness of racism in their hearts in general especially towards other muslims they haven't run that virus scan they think they have Maybe they downloaded the software onto their computer, but they haven't run anything. 
Because if a person has that illness inside them and they run that virus scan and they're sincere and that pops up, number one, it's a good thing to run that scan sincerely and then to notice, okay, this is something that popped up on my radar, on my screen. This is in front of me now. That's one. And then two, what can I do? Because if you're in a virus scan and then you're told you have this, this, this. Okay, now that you know, what are you going to do about it? Imagine if someone, there are these really serious threats that show up on their computer, telling them that, they, they, you know, this is red alert, you need to fix this ASAP, otherwise your entire computer is going to go to waste. The entire thing is going to be ruined if you don't fix this now. There is a sense of urgency, a sense of immediacy. What are we going to do if a person, if they just ignore it, if they ignore the warning, if they ignore that, you know, what's showing up in front of them, that sign, so to speak, that ayah, so to speak, in front of them, and if they say, you know, I, I'm not really going to take it seriously, because, you know, the person who I bought the computer from at Best Buy, they were so nice and smiley and such a kind person, you know, therefore, I don't think I should take this warning seriously. All of us are thinking that is completely illogical. That doesn't make any sense. What does that have to do with anything? Exactly, that's the point. So we have to reflect internally and to think, are we or are we not those who have allied themselves with shaitan? We ask Allah to protect us from that, and we ask Allah to help us to go in the right direction, but step one is to run that internal virus scan, especially in connection with the example of the satanic illness of racism. A person cannot really be a mu'min and be racist at the same time. Period, point blank, no question about it. The next point that I want to get to, at the end of Surah Al-An'am, in Ayahs 162 and 163, <clears throat> excuse me, these two ayat really, really summarize the, the approach that we want to have as it relates to the limited time that we have in this life. SubhanAllah, just a few moments ago, we were reminded of some beloved community members who passed away. We ask Allah to forgive them, to have mercy on them. We ask Allah to heal the pain of the family members and for those who were close to them. It's, it's, it's a very stark reminder that we have very limited time in this life. We have very limited time in the dunya. We have very li so what are we doing with that time? What are we doing with the blessings that Allah gave us? The reality is, at best, the dunya is a glorified gas station. It's a glorified... Some people, they put 87. Right? They, they just they, they need the basic gas and you know to get by. That's what they need. That's what their car needs. That's what their situation requires. Other people need a little bit nicer. Other people need premium. People have different situations. Even if someone has the fanciest car and even if they're putting premium and... Even if you know, their, their, their work is going to cover the cost and they have a gas card and even then, at the end of the day, a gas station is just that. It's a gas station. It's there for a reason. You get what you need and you move on. You don't camp out and hang out and, and, and take it too seriously. You're in, you get what you need and you're out. And the Prophet taught us, that's like the, it's comparable to the situation of the believer when the Prophet taught us, being in this life as a stranger or a traveler. Right? What, what, is, what, is, what is a stranger? What is a traveler? Right? And the two can be interlinked. That oftentimes if somebody is traveling and maybe they have a, a, a layover in an airport, 
in a city, in a country. They don't speak the language. They don't know anyone. They have no friends or family there. They have, they're not going to go and start looking into real estate. They're only there for two hours until they have to get on the next part of their flight to get to where they really want to go. So we need to reflect and think, how do we interact with these ayat on a daily basis? What are these ayat? قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That's one. لا شريك له وبذلك أمرت وأنا أول المسلمين. Subhanallah. Look at what's mentioned here. Say, there is no doubt, my prayer, my sacrifice, my living, and my dying are for Allah. Of the four things mentioned, the first thing mentioned, and it's no coincidence, is prayer. Prayer and sacrifice, interestingly enough, are mentioned before life and death. Prayer and sacrifice are mentioned before life and death. Ibn al-Qayyim, a great scholar in our history, he had a, a very powerful and, and beautiful statement that the believer is more concerned with the death of their soul than the death of their body. Why? Because there are certain priorities and there's this long-term vision that the believer has that through the ups and downs of this life... The, I have my eyes on the prize. There's this light at the end of the tunnel. Allah mentions in, 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 in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Ma'arij that there may be highs in someone's life and there may be challenges. Prayer is going to help us to get through anything and everything that we're going through. And we ask Allah to help us to get through whatever it is that we're going through. The four things that are mentioned in the first of these two ayat, prayer, sacrifice, life, and death. And then the next ayah, tawheed. لا شريك وبذلك أمرت وأنا المسلمين. My intention is to live my life in submission to Allah as best I can. Does that mean I'm going to be perfect 24-7? Absolutely not. But I need to try to avoid spilling milk. I need to try my best, sincerely, to avoid spilling milk. But Allah teaches us in the Qur'an, figuratively speaking, but if you spill milk, here's how you clean it up. When you spill milk, here's how you clean it up. This is the safety net that we have. Nobody in their right mind is going to say, I want to go and spill milk on the carpet. Sometimes it happens, but then we want to clean it up ASAP. You don't want to let it linger and fester and it gets rotten and it smells bad and looks bad. And Let's clean it up as quickly as we can. The next point, moving on to Surah Al-A'raf. Allah mentions this concept of the scales of our deeds. And Allah mentions for those whose scale is heavy with good deeds, they're going to be successful. And whoever's scale is light in that regard, then they're going to end up in a difficult situation. We ask Allah to protect us from that. So we should reflect and think, Again, that virus scan, sincerely, how, how am I doing in general, in my life, also in Ramadan, in regards to my scale of deeds? Am I giving sadaqah, like tonight? Am I trying to do this? Am I trying to do that? How am I actually doing? And aside from what I show and what I do internally, there may still be the issue of arrogance. Am I monitoring that? Am I, am I cleaning that? Am I cleansing it? Am I polishing it? Am I bleaching it out of my system? Or am I going to think to myself, because I have this outwardly, you know, religious aesthetic, therefore it's okay for me to hide this ignorance in my heart, this arrogance in my heart, 
towards other people, towards Muslims, towards... Allah knows. Allah knows. And the Prophet taught us that the heaviest thing in your scale of deeds is your character. We ask Allah for good character. Amin Rabbil Alameen. The next point. This, this classic example comparing Adam, Prophet Adam salam, our father Adam, and Shaytan. Both made mistakes, but one asked for forgiveness and one didn't. Do we have the courage to ask our spouses for forgiveness? Do we have the courage to ask our children for forgiveness? Do we have the courage to ask our parents for forgiveness? Whoever it may be. And this, this, is, this is not in any way, shape, or form a justification for gaslighting. That's a whole separate conversation. But if someone really has messed up and they know they've messed up, then apologize. Then apologize. Because if you're praying five times a day, humbling your body, doing sajda to Allah many times, at least 34 times a day, but if you don't have the humility to apologize to your wife, to your husband, to whoever, then what are you really gaining out of that pseudo-humility? It looks like humility, but it's supposed to translate into a much further reach than just that space where you're praying in those moments. And the last point that I want to get to as I conclude, inshallah, towards the end of this juz, Allah mentioned several different nations who came before us and rejected their messengers, and they rejected, they rejected the call, they rejected the message. A responsible way for me to connect with these ayat and to reflect upon them is to think to myself, how am I doing in that regard? For example, Prophet Shu'aib one of the key issues that he really focused on with his people is they were very dishonest when it came to money. They were extremely, dis- they would mess with the scales. They would, they would mess around with these types of things. So one of his, his, key, his key points of advice for them was to not do that. A responsible way for me, for us to interact with that concept, with the principle. Sometimes when we go through the Qur'an, we only think about the people. We need to also think about the principles. Not just the people, but the principles. Okay, in principle, how am I doing in terms of my honesty in the marketplace, for example? Am I messing with the scales literally, figuratively? Am I taking advantage of people? Right? Someone, if they run their own business, are they intentionally messing with the paychecks of their employees, for example? Are they trying to cut corners here and there and abandoning their ethics? Now it becomes a whole lot more relevant now and today. And it's much deeper than simply learning a story about a time in which that happened, which is true, historically it's a fact, but how can I benefit here and now from that history? And that's what the Qur'an is supposed to do for us. To learn about the past and to live what we can, the lessons, the principles, to learn from the past, to apply them in the present, to prepare ourselves for a better future in the hereafter. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to gather all of us in Firdaus Amin Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Hizzati Amma Yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.